Hello and welcome to Portsmouth. I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Holiday in Portsmouth City Guide podcast. During my trip, I stayed at the Holiday in Portsmouth near the seafront, but there's also an express by Holiday Inn down at Gunwharf Quays. It's the perfect waterfront location for shopping, eating and visiting attractions and is just a mile from the city centre. Express is a comfortable low-cost alternative but still maintains the same standards you've come to expect from a Holiday Inn and offers complimentary continental breakfast for all guests and free parking for the first 24 hours of your stay here in Portsmouth. We'll visit Gunwharf Quays during our City Guide tour to give you a better idea of what's there. Just before we start to explore Portsmouth, let me tell you how you can receive up to 35% off your next weekend stay at any of our Holiday Inn properties. Just visit our website, that's ihg.com forward slash podcast ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details. Situated on the south coast of England, Portsmouth is a city surrounded by the sea and its history is strongly linked with the Royal Navy. The historic dockyard is home to world-famous ships like the Mary Rose, a must-visit for all ages. A stone's throw away in stark contrast is Gunwharf Quays, a buzzing waterfront development with lots of restaurants and shops. Here you'll also find Portsmouth's newest attraction, the 170-metre-high Spinnaker Tower, with stunning views over the Solent and also a glass floor. The Victorian seafront at South Sea is great for all the family with its beach and fun fair, or slow the pace down and discover the charms of the old town with its cobbled streets. Portsmouth boasts a number of award-winning restaurants, And together with its waterfront location, there's no better way to while away the evening. Well, I've decided to start my trip to Portsmouth with a guided bus tour. And the company that runs the city sightseeing bus tours in Portsmouth are called Local Haunts. You can't miss their bus. It's called ALF. And it's a great big red London bus. One of the old Routemaster style. And on behalf of local haunts, I'd like to welcome you to this guided tour of Portsmouth, the UK's only island city. Before I start, I'm going to say something that might surprise you. I'm going to talk about the army. Now, that has surprised you, hasn't it? Because, you see, Portsmouth... Now, I've joined the bus tour at Clarence Pier. There are lots of different points across the city that you can actually uh, pick it up from. You can get a leaflet, and that'll give you all the details that you'll need. Anne is our tour guide for this afternoon's bus trip. And before we get going, just give me a little bit of the history of Portsmouth. Portsmouth is the home of the Royal Navy. Portsmouth Dockyard is the oldest continually worked dockyard in the world. It's been here over 800 years. Portsmouth has always been heavily defended. Um, At one time, it was the most heavily defended um, town in the whole of Europe. Um, The oldest building here, the defensive building, was actually the Round Tower, and that was built in 1415, the reign of Henry V. And then we have our new tower, the Spinnaker Tower, with beautiful views over our lovely city. And as for the tour itself, it's 25 miles, it's an hour and a half, We do go up Portsdown Hill where we have beautiful views of the city and the harbour. And the harbour, that's why we're here. It's a large, wide, deep, natural harbour and yet the entrance is only 200 yards wide. Always great for security. South Sea is Victorian. It's just all Victoriana. The Victorians started South Sea in the 1880s probably because our Queen left from near here to go to her favourite home, Osborne House on the Isle of Wight. 
it's lots of Victorian buildings. There's a pier, there's a, a lake. Where you see a modern building, that's probably where a bomb fell. And it's a very popular um, day out for, for the young. The more mature people come and stay several days. And also, of course, Portsmouth now, every year we welcome over 20,000 university students to our city. So there's something here for all ages, all generations. Well, I've now popped into the Visitor Information Centre at the Hard Interchange. That's down by the waterfront, quite close to the historic dockyard. And I'm with Drusilla Moody, who's the Tourism, Visitor Services and Events Manager. Uh, Drusilla, the Hard Interchange, this is pretty much the gateway to Portsmouth, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Trains come straight into Portsmouth um, from Waterloo, from the west um, and up from the Midlands as well. So it's very easy to access um, Portsmouth by rail. From here, obviously, you can catch buses um, to any part of the city. You can also catch water bus, go round the harbour, go over to Gosport or to the Isle of Wight ferry. If you're not coming by train, Portsmouth is very easily linked. We have, from the M27, we have a stretch of motorway, the M275, which brings you straight into the city, straight into the heart of the city. So it's very easy access. From there also, um, our nearest airport is Southampton Airport, which is about... 35 40 minutes away and they have got flights to most uk destinations as well as some international destinations as well portsmouth of course has a strong and proud naval tradition and since the construction of its first dock in 1194 it's become britain's premier naval base now i've come down to the historic dockyard and i've caught up with jackie shaw who's the head of communications jackie this place you can feel the history all around us it's just steeped in it Absolutely, and you only need to look from where we're sitting at the moment. We have ships on the harbour sailing in and out. You can hear the seagulls, the water lapping. I mean, it's just fabulous. Tell us a little bit about the history of this particular dockyard. Dates back to 1194. Uh, Richard the Lionheart gave a charter to the city, and really since then um, it's been the beating heart of the city. I think one of the fascinating things, not far from where we're sitting now, uh, was during the Industrial Revolution, for example, the most important place in the world. It was the mask-making area for a, a, a fleet of wooden ships that dominated the world. I think the beauty of uh, the dockyard, it, it, its fortunes has waxed and waned according to foreign policy. Um, when Henry VIII built up his King's Fleet, the Mary Rose was built yards from where we're sitting today. Um, during the Second World War, obviously, this was a really important place. But sadly, shipbuilding did decline, um, and really, tourism has taken over the mantle of telling the history of the dockyard. But shipbuilding has returned to Portsmouth, and we're part of the naval base, and a very exciting future is shared by both of us. And, and sitting here, actually, it's funny, we've got a real mixture of old and new. We're looking straight ahead at the HMS Warrior 1860, and then in the background we have the new Spinnaker Tower. You couldn't get two more different forms or examples of construction, but here you have three ships for us to see. We do. Um, we start with the Mary Rose, flagship of Henry VIII. You couldn't get a more exciting, sexy character from history. And what makes her story even more poignant is that he 
he watched a couple of miles away from Southsea Castle as she sank. She was going to the Isle of Wight to engage the French in battle and he could hear the screams of the men on board as an ill wind caught her. She tipped over slightly, water gushed through the the, um, ports and she sank. We travel forward 437 years. Everyone remembers where they were when the Mary Rose was raised in 1982. And um, people come still and they say, I remember when. We've got a museum full of artefacts that are perfectly preserved. Sank July the 19th, 1545, a perfect time capsule about what life was like in Tudor times. We then travel forward to probably the most famous warship in the world, HMS Victory, immortalised at the Battle of Trafalgar, 1805, um, hand in hand with a very famous Vice Admiral, Lord Nelson. He died on board during the battle, but he led the fleet to victory. We then travel forward to 1860, a time of of peace, and uh, HMS Warrior really sums that up, a vast beast of a ship, iron-hulled, combining steam and sail. She was formidable. She never shot um, a a shot in anger. And uh, for 10 years, she dominated the the waves. It's interesting, though, because within 10 years, her technology became obsolete. And very quickly, the wooden ships became very passe. And uh, we, we went into the era of the dreadnoughts. And HMS Warrior is the one that we're now going to go on board. Well, we're now approaching the HMS Warrior 1860, and this is, what, it's huge, this ship. It's so impressive. Such tall masts. Uh, We've got, obviously, black in colour. We've got a little bit of terracotta on the bottom side, and these masts are just, you can just imagine, in full sail and when they're in full battle. So we're actually going to go up the gangway onto the ship and uh, see what it would have been like all those years ago. It's, I tell you what, the first thing that strikes you is it's so very, very clean. Now, I'm with Steve, who's the quartermaster on board, and we're looking at the ship's wheels. Now, there are four of these. They're very shiny, massive ropes. Um, what was the job of these, Steve? Well, because the rudder was such a big, unbalanced rudder, they needed the size of the wheels to actually get the amount of men and the purchase on the wheels to, to pull the rudder over because it's all operated by ropes and pulleys, no power steering in those days. So they could actually manage to steer the ship here normally with eight men, but on calm days they could manage with six. So I'd imagine then you had to have guys who were really strong because this is not light work. Yes, in those days most of the people were employed sheerly for the muscle power because everything was manual. One of the obvious things that you notice on board, and in fact you can see these right across um, the harbour in Portsmouth, is the masts on the HMS Warrior. Now, they look to me like a complete tangle of ropes, Jackie. They look like that to me, but actually there's an exact science to them and um, the rigging is a a, a terrific skill. Um, Sadly, going out of fashion. Now, you can just imagine what this ship was like in her heyday, but nowadays her role is uh, completely different. 
Well, not only is she a visitor attraction and a stunning one at that, um, it's really important these days for historic ships like Warrior to um, develop different revenue streams. And actually, Warrior is a, a key corporate functions vessel. Uh, we have many weddings on there. She's registered for weddings. We get three a, a Saturday. Uh, I think she's the second most popular wedding venue in the city. We had something like nearly 100 weddings on board last year. And also, most evenings she's been used for evening functions and meetings and all sorts of things. Well, I'm now down at Gun Wharf Keys, which is probably one of the best-known retail outlets on the South Coast. And with Elisa Lindley, this is a lovely spot. What a wonderful setting. It is. I mean, one of our unique features is that we're by the waterfront, which for a shopping centre obviously is completely unique in this, almost in this country. Uh, what we have is 93 designer outlets, so you can shop for up to 70% off your high street prices while you're here. Uh, we've got people like Polo, Ralph Lauren, Burberry, Next and Marks and Spencer, so a real wide range of different people. Um, and then 30 waterfront restaurants and bars, so when the weather's nice to sit outside and have a meal and look over what is a very historic harbour is a fantastic location. I was here last night, actually, when I first arrived, and at night time it's got a completely different feel to it. It has, yeah. I mean, the retail closes at 7 o'clock in the evening and then the night time does take over. There's, I say, all the bars and restaurants, a lot lot of different people come in in the evenings, a younger crowd as well. Um, They've got some really great restaurants. Brasserie Blanc has just opened, which is Raymond Blanc's uh, restaurant chain. And uh, that offers superb food. And then we have, you know, Chinese uh, pizzas, anything you can want to eat really in the evening as well. One of the things that I really like about this is the fact that you can sit down on the water's edge. You've got the Isle of Wight ferry. We're just seeing a frigate go by there, and there are lots of different sailing boats. Yep, we've got a marina of our own here, which is um, quite a different feature for a shopping centre. So we have 500 metres of uh, berthing, so you could bring your own yacht in and sail in and stay overnight if you wanted to. But the thing is, although Portsmouth is well known for Gun Wharf Keys, it's actually relatively new. Yep, we've only been open eight years, um, so before then, this part of the harbour was completely closed off to the public for almost 800 years, because uh, King Richard I closed it all off as a, a, to make a naval dockyard back back in the early early uh, history of Portsmouth. And since then, um, it was a naval dockyard, of which there's many features still here, many old historic buildings have had to be retained, um, and they have been used as restaurants or bars, and some of the residential development is um, in historic buildings as well. And Elisa, finally, as somebody who was born in Portsmouth and also lives here, what would you say to a visitor, the one thing they shouldn't miss when they come to the city? I really think you should try and sample the diversity the city offers now. It's changed massively in the last few years. Um, and you have the amazing waterfront that's been opened up now. There's some amazing views, but then there's also a the real diversity within the city. Now I'm with Drusilla Moody, who's the Tourism Visitor Services and Events Manager. Now, Gun Wharf Keys, it would probably be fair to say that people nowadays think that that's what Portsmouth is all about, especially when it comes to shopping. But actually, you have some wonderful shopping areas as well as Gun Wharf Keys. We do. Obviously, Gun Wharf will attract the new visitor into Portsmouth, and it's been incredibly successful, which we're really pleased about. But we also have several other centres. We've got the Commercial Road, which is at the Cascades, and that's our city centre shopping offer, which has got your main high street stores, H&M, um, Alders, um, Marks and Spencers, and the, the main big, big shops. So that's a really 
good experience for people to go to. If you want the more independent shops, the smaller shops, we've got an area of South Sea called Palmerston Road. It's got a John Lewis store and a Debenhams there, but it's also got East, Laura Ashley, and some independent shops. We've got an um, independent jeweller there who's the only person in the country that's won three Diamond De Beer awards. So Marmion Road, that area is definitely one for the individual shopper to look. And what's Portsmouth like at night? There's so much for everybody. If On a lovely summer's evening like it was here last night, just to walk along the promenade, we've got 4.5 metres um, of promenade that people can walk along. Uh, walk, you see people running, you've got a whole common space. We were voted as one of the best picnic spots in the country, South Sea Common, for Warburtons. So, you know, that's a good place to go. Um, but just the whole area, you've then got your choice of restaurants. You've got the good restaurants, your um, known national uh, slug and lettuce and things like that, which are all in Gunworth Keys. If you venture outside of Gunworth Keys, you can go round to Old Portsmouth and stand on the, the entrance to the harbour um, and enjoy a glass of wine or a pint of beer in one of the, the pubs along the seafront there and see all the marine traffic. In an evening, you will see ferries coming in, sailing boats going going out, rowing boats out there. Um, obviously, the ferries, the continental ferries, come in and out of Portsmouth. And you can also catch large sailing boats and also sometimes big naval vessels coming in. Well, we've already seen Portsmouth from the ground and an alternative way is actually to go up the Spinnaker Tower and get an aerial view of the city. It's a perfect way to find your bearings. So we're just going to head into the lift now. Welcome to the Spinnaker Tower. I'm going to take you all now to view deck one. It's 100 metres above sea level, also home to our glass floor. So if everyone is feeling brave today, do have a walk across there. Here we go, view deck one. Thank you very much. Have a good time now, OK? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, here we are. We're up on the view deck and already to the right, huge windows, wonderful views. And here we now go through. Oh, it's a huge area, much bigger than I expected, actually, because when you see this from the ground, it actually, although it's very, very tall, it doesn't look as if it's that big inside, but inside it is. And um, no matter where you look, you have vast views of Portsmouth city centre and with me to tell us a little bit more about uh, what we're looking at and the tower itself is Nigel Hosier. Nigel this is very impressive. Yeah it's a stunning view changes every day and no matter how many times you come up it's always uh, something to see that's different. Now we came up in the lift how high are we now? We're actually now at 100 metres. This is view deck one, and we have another two view decks at 105 and 110 metres. Um, this actually is my favourite view deck. It's the largest. It's got a real openness to it. You can see so much. And, of course, it's got a glass floor. Let's uh, just take a wander. It's right in the centre of this view deck area. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I don't mind heights, um, but this basically, well, it looks down straight into the water right through to the to the ground doesn't it it's you wouldn't want to come up here if you weren't too good with heights would you well um abs- absolutely but it is in the middle of the deck so if people are not keen on going on there uh, they don't have to children of course are fearless um I, I mean i've obviously been on it thousands of times but every time i go on it the first two or three seconds it plays tricks with my mind it's the largest glass floor in europe so i'm told um and it really is quite an experience shall i try it you're here i think you've got to haven't you Okay, well, you have to take your shoes off. You're not allowed to walk on this glass 
uh, with uh, your shoes on for obvious reasons. I, I have to admit, I'm a little bit nervous about this because <laughs> it's as if you're pretty much just about to walk off a cliff. That would be the best way to describe it. This glass is going to hold me, isn't it, Nigel? Absolutely. It's as strong as the floor around us. OK, here we go. Right. OK. Well, yes, this is somewhat unnerving, it has to be said, because we're basically just got the water below us. We've got the whole framework of the Spinnaker Tower underneath us as well. Um, I'm walking quite slowly um, across it. And, yeah, if you're scared of heights, don't stand on it. But otherwise, actually... This really is. It's actually quite a nice feeling. I feel a bit exhilarated going across there now. Yeah, it's, it is a thrill, isn't it? And it does give you a very unusual view down. It's also a great way of seeing the structure of the tower because the, the tower itself is an amazing structure. So uh, it's good on all fronts. Well, great. Well, now that we've done that, <laughs> I, can, I can relax a little bit and we're going to head up to uh, View Deck 2 and also the Crow's Nest. So we've walked up the 30 stairs to get to view deck two. I think we're a little bit out of path. Uh, but don't worry, if you can't make the stairs, there is a lift up to this particular area as well. Uh, Nigel, how much further up are we now? We're actually now at 105 metres, so an extra five metres higher. So because of the design of the tower, it's a slightly smaller view deck. Um, but the view, of course, is still stunning, and you can see just that little bit further being an extra five metres up. Now, today we're really fortunate because we've got a really sunny day and we can see for miles around. It is quite warm, of course, because we're so completely surrounded by glass. But I imagine that when it's raining or it's a stormy day, this is just a dramatic place to be. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the lighting changes, the weather conditions change, the view's always changing. I, I love it when rain's coming in um, and you've got a bit of an overcast day. The sea's very different. People often think when it's a, a very warm, sunny day, it's going to be a great view. It is, but actually sometimes the best views are just after there's been a rain shower and the air's clean, and sometimes things look so vivid, you know, you can reach out and touch them. OK, well, we're going to head up now to the crow's nest. This is the final part that we can go to, and uh, we access this bit by stairs as well. So we've walked up a few more stairs and now we're right at the top of the Spinnaker Tower. This is what you call the crow's nest. Absolutely. Here's where you get the, the wind in your hair if it's a windy day. and you, A little bit of fresh air, you get a feeling of how high you are. And uh, as I'm talking, we can see there's a freight ship going into the harbour, there's an aircraft carrier tied, tied up, Isle of Wight ferries going across. There's just so much movement going on. Yeah, the difference between this particular part is that, obviously, it's much smaller, but also, as you say, um, we're actually outside, covered, but outside. Absolutely. It's completely safe. You know, we can't get outside or anything like that, but if it was raining, we'd be getting slightly damp. So it's just nice to get that fresh air and get that outdoor feel. You're obviously very lucky to, to work here every day, Nigel. What would you say would be your favourite view from the Spinnaker Tower? Well, that, you know, that's one of the toughest questions I've uh, been asked. I don't know if I can pick out one thing. Being local myself, um, it's actually quite emotional uh, in terms of my whole family background, whole family history is in this view, be it the Isle of Wight, be it Portsmouth. So um, I, I don't pick one thing out. I just love it all. Well, we've just come down in the lift. We've been at the top, right down to the bottom, and we open out into the cafe. Great place just to sit back and admire the view of Gunwharf Quays. It is one of the best views you'll find in the area of Gunwharf Quays and looking out onto the Isle of Wight ferry and all the different boats. It just gives you an idea of what you've seen at the top from the aerial view and then what you see when you're right next to the waterfront. 
I'm back with Drusilla Moody, who's the Tourism Visitor Services and Events Manager for Portsmouth City Council. In terms of culture, you are actually quite a cultured city, aren't you? We are. We're very proud of the fact that we've got two two um, cathedrals. There's not many cities in the country that have got two cathedrals. We've also got two theatres um, offering very diverse programmes themselves. We've also got a lot of live music scene that's happening in the city where we've got uh, the Wedgwood Rooms, which offers a good range of bands, but also a lot of um, local pubs that offer opportunities for local groups and we get some national names come down who want to do smaller concerts within these venues. Drusilla, thank you very much for taking the time out to speak with me but before I let you go, can I just ask you, as somebody who lives in Portsmouth, what's your favourite thing about the city? I have to say my favourite thing, which always I have to pinch myself when I've had a busy day at work, is to walk down to the seafront and just walk along the beach enjoy the views we've got wonderful gardens down there the open space is second to none i don't think there's a better city on the south coast and if you look out to sea it's like a moving wallpaper there's always ships there from large um, container ships you can see the cruise ships going by that are going off to southampton you can see sailing boats you can see rowing boats ferries, everything. It is absolutely wonderful at the end of any day or part of your holiday. Well, I'm pleasantly exhausted. It's been a whirlwind trip. I've packed in the historic dockyard, the Spinnaker Tower, Gun Wharf Keys, the seafront and an open-top buster. So I'm off now to relax and sample some of that Portsmouth hospitality we've been hearing about. And just before I go, let me remind you that you can get up to 35% off your next weekend stay to Portsmouth or any of our other holiday and destinations, all by visiting our website. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast. ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details. And if you need any help planning your trip to the waterfront city, you'll find all the information you need at visitportsmouth.co.uk. I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Holiday in Portsmouth City Guide podcast and enjoy your stay.